Hey there, uh, Cave Company Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only, you know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. Is that a song? It's a wonderful tonight by Eric Clapton. Time go by. Time. When does he say that in his song? That's the guitar part. I'm Marcus Parks. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. I just think about the dun dun dun. You mean that part? No, this is the. Okay. I still love that song, but of course everyone always brings up forever and ever. It's like, you know he was being sarcastic when he wrote that song. Was he? I never heard that. Oh, you never heard that before? Maybe I just always think about it, that when I hear that song, I guess the whole premise behind the song is that he wrote it like tongue-in-cheek about how she takes too long to get ready. Like he's saying, you look wonderful tonight, because all of the stories before it are, it's like... Come on. All right. <laughs> Baby, you look great. That's a bit like the whole like thing behind the song. I'm going to look up the lyrics on this. It's late in the evening. She's wondering what clothes to wear. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She puts on her makeup and brushes her, her long, long blonde, blonde hair. hair. And then she asks me, do I look all right? And I say, yes, yes. you look wonderful tonight. No, that's only the first voice, though. I just think that and it's... And the next one is we go to a party and everyone turns to see this beautiful lady that's walking around with me. I guess it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek. Or did people lie to me? And that's why I always think about it. I think they lied to you. They I feel wonderful because I see the love light in your eyes. And, one, and the wonder of it all is that you just don't realize how much I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still like the song. <laughs> I am not a gigantic fan of it, but I'm not necessarily the biggest Eric Clapton fan in the world anyway. Is it because of the kid? <laughs> Is it because of his kid? It's because of the music. Really? Yeah, I'm not that I'm just not a huge Eric Clapton fan. <laughs> I remember being a kid who was like, I'm going to walk down the aisle to that part of the song. That's what I always thought of in my wedding, that that's how I was going to walk down the aisle. I'm like, really? Why? Why did I want that so badly? Yeah, a song about George Harrison fucking Eric Clapton's wife. I mean, you know, she looked wonderful, but she looked wonderful to a lot of other people. That she did. (laughs) 
<laughs> we had something you wanted to talk about today. You know, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah, much more than people can relate to Wonderful Tonight. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching simultaneously a lot of Friday Night Lights, which mm-hmm. of course I talk about often. Yes. And and it takes me a long time to watch things. And I'm watching Game of Thrones. Ah. And I feel like the two of those things, that the more you become obsessed with a show, I feel like it changes what you want in life. <laughs> oh, Friday Night Lights, definitely. I mean, no. I, I was texting Marcus last <laughs> week, and I was like, hey... Why don't we all move to Texas? Why don't we all just all go live that life? And Doug came home later on, and I was just like, you know, I feel like I never got the chance to really feel out my southern roots, you know, that I never got the chance (laughs) to be in that small town and be able to think about getting out of that small town. I felt like I never got to go through that and not having anything to do in the town. And I think that I need to go through it. No, you don't. But... It's awful. I went through it. And I went through it. <laughs> it's it's the worst thing. It, it fucking it does nothing but it just fucking fosters hatred and fucking horrible horrible shit. The small Texas town, Friday Night Lights, that is some sugar-coated shit. And it's all... (laughs) The look on your face. (laughs) But but they have hardships, too. (laughs) I could birth a football player. I could be... A football player sucks. (laughs) It's not fun. It's like, you know, fucking what it feels like like, to know that, like, your team is... Three and seven, and you know that it's your fault, and it's because you're not good at safety, and you can't figure out why the coach isn't putting you at running back because you're fucking great at running back, but you're shitty at safety. So why isn't the kid who's great at safe at run at safety playing safety, and the kid's great at running back? And then every day, every Saturday, everyone's looking at you. You're the one. You're the reason why our team is three and seven this year, and you're the reason why the town has no spirit this fall, Marcus Parks. Oh, because I was like that. Doesn't doesn't happen in the show, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> it's what happens in real life. It's what happens in real life. You know, maybe you just didn't have enough heart. <laughs> maybe that was what your problem is. Because, oh, oh. you know, sometimes when Sarenson wasn't good at quarterback anymore, he showed Coach Taylor how he could be a good other part of the team. It's I don't know. Show. What is it? I know it's <laughs> It's poison, though. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You romanticize it. it it's so, it romanticizes all of that shit so much, and it really romanticizes uh, a Texas to the fucking nth degree, uh, which I, I think overly romanticizing anything, whether it be Texas or New York City or anything like that, like, it's it's bad news. I think it's a very, it's a, it's a bad thing to do. Uh, and I, I don't think it's healthy to romanticize all that shit. Or I guess maybe like seeing it, like romanticizing it. Like I can watch Friday Night Lights and I can definitely feel um, some, I guess, yearning. Statism. State, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some State statism. Definitely some statism. Absolutely. But I also feel like that yearning for that, kind of like what, you know, what you're having, like that yearning for that experience. But for the most part, I mean, Friday Night Lights is the characters are very true to life. Uh, but the situations uh, are uh, no. <laughs> also, I feel like it's also a nesting side of me that in seeing that where it's like we could have roots in a place like that. We yeah. could, you know, I could run the town. Everyone <laughs> would know me, you know, I could yeah. be Buddy Garrity. 
yeah, but, but not him. Yeah, what they don't show is that in necessary, what is necessary to be Buddy Garrity is going to church every Sunday. And yeah. you have to go, in order to, to, to survive church. in a town like that, uh, in order to thrive in it, as far as like a community goes, like you have to go to church and you have to at least pretend like you believe in mm, uh, all of that bullshit. And you have to listen to people talk about it. And you have to listen to people tell you how Jesus says things are bad and how they believe that. And you have to take them seriously. Do you know how hard that is? <laughs> that's got to be hard. I mean, that's a hard part. <laughs> it's really hard. But then there's Game of Thrones, which on the other hand feeds a different side of who I want to be, which is also conniving. (laughs) And I want to be, you know, I just feel like it's like if I meshed the two together, Mm -hmm. and you know, I become a Cersei Lannister of a small town Uh. in Texas. You know, I run everything. Oh, is Henry going to be there too? Because I think he has to be. (laughs) Hopefully you understand the show if you have read it or if you watched it. I know that Henry is Jackie's brother. Yes, Yes, there's, you know, a whole family familial incestry involved in a lot of things. Yes, there There's is. just it's just strength, especially in, in females in that show. Mm-hmm. And like with Daenerys and all these other characters where I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, I am a woman. I make the demands. <laughs> and there's also that side of me that is really coming out. Yeah. Have you ever had another television show that made you feel that like a certain way because of the television show? I mean, you know, Friday Night Lights definitely did. Um, True Detective definitely did. True Detective. Another like, thing of like, I should be in the South. I belong <laughs> in the South. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, I should get into more philosophy. Oh, okay. You, you went know? that side yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I went, yeah, I went more into like the, the deep underbelly of Russ Cole. And I actually thought it was like, I should be a detective. But then I realized I'm not smart enough, nor do I have the discipline to be a detective. It's more the discipline, Yeah, the discipline. Yeah, I don't have the discipline to be a detective. Uh, There's been, yeah, plenty of shows that have have changed me throughout the years. Six Feet Under in college, that had an effect on me. Uh, Even though I went back, I went back and watched it recently. God, that show's horrible. I haven't, I've never seen that show. It's so bad. Is it because you want to be a mortician? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's uh, like that part of it is is really good, but it's set in L.A. and it's full of L.A. people. People and all the characters are so unlikable yeah. and so awful. Much like everyone in L.A. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> we don't like L.A., but that's fine. That's Might fine. have to call it home at some point, but I really don't want to. No, I never will. Good for you. No, I, I refuse. I refuse to give in to it uh, because I don't want to kill myself. Yeah, that's the problem. So I'm not going to go to Los Angeles. Even though if I had to, I'm sure I fucking would bite the bullet and go. Uh, I've got family out there. It's not too bad. And I've got some friends. It's not too bad. But God damn, I don't want to. I feel like that's also part of finding myself completely submerging into television shows of fighting reality because you know, I just yeah. don't you know in talking about possibly having to move to LA and having because unfortunately as part of our business everything is not just in New York mm-hmm. you have to be in LA for a good amount of time if you want to do anything yeah. and unfortunately that is not something I want to do but in my head I could move to Texas. <laughs> like that is something I could do. I might want to do that. Yeah. So I, I think I just live in these fantasy worlds, and I know that that's what television is for. 
And thank God that we have it yeah. because I feel like I need to be able – I mean, it's the same with reading. I felt the same way when I was reading Game of Thrones, you know? Mm. I submerge myself into these stories. And if anyone else has, out there has, like, specific books or television shows or something like that that they got submerged in for a specific reason, especially when it's certain times in your life. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm on the edge of this change, and sometimes I feel like I read or I watch television – to grapple on to change that I can make myself. Of course, it's trying to hold on to a narrative because life has none. Yes, and you have to make your own narrative. Yeah. And change is scary, and making a jump is scary. But when you watch other people do it, you can pretend like you're doing it, <laughs> which is bad because you don't want to hide in that forever. No. But sometimes it kind of helps get through a hard patch of times when you're just... Uh, I don't know about you, but I haven't been sleeping lately because I keep having panic attacks because of everything that's going on in my life. You still having real bad panic attacks? Yeah, real bad panic attacks. I'm really trying. You know, I've talked in here about the meditation. I, th- I thought that was helping. It's not. I haven't been sleeping. I just haven't been sleeping. I think I have to see somebody. Yeah. I just... <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the answer. I know that that's you the know answer. That's what, you know that's what you're going to have to do. I know. I mean, you know that. But I understand, like, and people that, you know, write in, I know that you also understand my hesitance of, like, I know that I need to be on medicine again. I know that I need to be on anti-anxiety medication, and it scares me because I keep thinking, like, I don't need it. And I do. Yeah. I do need it. I need it to function. I need it to get through my everyday can't hide behind Friday Night Lights and Game of Thrones forever. And these are things that I actually have to deal with. Yeah. And it is another that is part of what is giving me that anxiety is knowing that that is the answer and knowing that I have to do it and trying to find time in my schedule to do so. Because I feel like especially when you are starting out with or getting back on medication or trying out new things, you need some sort of dead time. To be able to do that. Yeah. When you're in the middle of filming and you're in the middle of all these work changes and you're in the middle of all this stuff, it's a hard time to jump into something like that because I'm worried it's going to affect what I have to do. Well, look at it this way. The types of, if you have to get on antidepressants, there's not going to be a whole lot of change for weeks to come, right. if not months to come. Uh, and as far as going and seeing someone, okay, including travel time, that's what, two hours out of a week. Right. An entire week, two hours. You can handle that. You've got two hours somewhere in a week. But I've been doing Zumba. <laughs> I started doing Zumba. And there's never any. And there's never any good time. It, it's like you know. It, it's like anything else. You know. You you can. We can all make excuses for not making change in our lives. Saying like, "Oh, it's not a good time because of this, 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 and this." We can always come up with reasons why it's not a good time to do things that we need to do for ourselves. Uh, and if we keep making those excuses, then. We'll never get to it, and it'll end badly. And especially when it's things like not sleeping, where it is severely affecting my life. Yeah. And I can't pay attention, and I can't give my all to the things I need to give my all to. And I know that it will change it, and I need to do it. Yeah. And this is my vow. (laughs) 
Marcus. I have to do this. Vow. Make the vow. I'm making the vow. Hell yeah. Just like a member of the Night's Watch. (laughs) And I am making this oath to the men of the Night's Watch. I am a part of your brotherhood of needing antidepressants. I will still sleep with people. But I will respect my brotherhood until the day I die. All right, forswear our all previous oaths to be a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Forswear all uh, peoples that are. Yeah, I forswear them. <laughs> I fucking, I did it. I'm on it. Forswear. My mind is too cloudy to improv like this right now because I've been smoking the e-cig. I lay down my sword to you, Lord Marcus Cox <laughs> of Lubbock, Texas. Why, thank you. Rochester, Texas. Rochester, Texas. Rochester, Texas. Yeah, Lubbock's where I was born. I'm sorry. And where I went to college and where I will never return. Whoa. Okay, well, to return to live. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll visit. Visit. I'll oh, visit, yeah. Todd. I'll visit, all right? <laughs> I'll visit everyone. Never live, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I'm never going to live there. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I mentioned the, uh, I've got these uh, fucking Logic cigarettes. Uh, I'm down to five cigarettes a day. Hell yeah. Uh, down from uh, the 10 to 15 that I was. Uh, I almost punched someone today um, for nothing. No reason. There was no reason at all for he wasn't even being rude or anything. I just want, I just want, he just said something. I just, it made me really, really, I mean, that's why I might be a little more like fucking manic to, on today's show and maybe a little bit more yelly and a little bit more angry. Which is okay. Which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I've been uh, smoking like five cigarettes uh, during the day uh, and uh, I've got the... Uh, e-cigarette to kind of keep get me in between like the hours because I was used to having like a full cigarette every hour or two and now it's like every like three or four hours and so I don't fucking like kill anyone I've got the little e-cigarette going but I am starting to realize that yes cigarettes are a stimulant yes (laughs) one thousand percent nicotine is indeed a stimulant because I'm feeling out of my fucking skull right now but you're doing a great job thank you and and any work towards helping yourself making it better is good yeah you are doing a good job thank you I believe in you thank you yeah yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing good I'm feeling better already I can breathe easier I don't have those weird pains in my back anymore Uh, I'm good and yeah I'm even going to the dentist next week to take care of these two teeth that have broken out of my head because I grind my teeth so bad when I sleep ah <laughs> oh, now the dentist. Uh, I like going to the dentist. Oh my god, the dentist is my biggest enemy. <laughs> I have no problem with going to the dentist. Last time I went and got a tooth, uh, this is my probably going to be my third. Uh, yeah, last time I got my uh, tooth pulled, uh, I uh, laughed through the whole thing. I don't know why. It was I was like fucking Bill Murray in Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> it was weird. Like I was like ah, <laughs> and it freaked my dentist out. It well, really it was laughing gas. No, it wasn't. Oh, it was just you? <laughs> well, yeah, that's weird. That's it was just weird. me. He was like, ha, I'm going to have to tell my colleagues how I had a patient laugh through an entire extraction. See <laughs> 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 on Monday, Dr. Rabinowitz. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never had a bad dentist experience, which is why I hate the dentist. You had a bad dentist experience? I'll never trust one ever again for the rest of my life. Why? I had... Eight cavities. It would all happen in a year. Like, I had not seen it. And then I didn't even realize. It was like one of those, you know, they weren't crazy deep, but there was one that was deeper than the others. And they were in the two back molars on every 
part of my teeth. Mm-hmm. And the, he originally went in and my insurance didn't cover, laughing gas didn't curve, cover me going under. So they just shot it full of a bunch of Novocaine and it was not enough. No. And when they started drilling and I felt it and I was screaming and he was just like, no, it's just pressure. You don't feel anything until a point I blacked out. And then I came back to, and I almost bit right through his hand. Wow. And because he was not listening to me, and I bit him so hard that I drew blood, like <laughs> hard, 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 because I, I can't believe, it's like, how long was I under two, like blacked out from the pain? Yeah. And then I had to go back in to get four more done, and I wouldn't go. I, I, my mom literally, because my mom is, you know, one of those kind of mothers where she's like, just have a Xanax, just have a Xanax, you'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, you better give me fucking five or six because you're going to have to drag me in there if you want me to go back in there. And that's what she did. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, I guess if we give you enough Xanax and you won't feel anything anyway. <laughs> I was like, you're right. I fucking hope so. Because I, and the guy was scared of me because I, yeah, I bit through his finger. <laughs> so now I'm scared of the dentist forever and ever. That's, and I'll never trust them. That's very understandable. All right. All right. Well, let's get to our letters for today. We've got a couple of follow-ups and then a question. Our first follow-up, uh, what are we going to call her? It's very, it's very short. Mm, rapid Ratsy? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> rapid Ratsy. So, right. Like in a positive way. In a very positive way. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was thinking of like Rizzo the Rat is where I was. And I love Rizzo. Rizzo's one of my favorite Muppets. Oh, Rizzo's so. a great Muppet. He's a weird looking Muppet. I don't think so. He's cute. He's got all his brothers and sisters. Yeah, that is true. He's got a lot of... He's a wise guy. (laughs) 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 All right. Dear Jackie and Marcus, hello. I am listening to the episode Darling Love in which you confess your struggles to find positive things about yourselves. So I wanted to let you know that a positive thing you can each add to your list is your wonderful podcast, which helps tons of people. When I listen to Lewis and Clark in it, you both really pick me up in the middle of an absolutely crap-tastic, crap-tastic week, and I greatly appreciate it. I wish there were more people like you in my life, so don't believe that negative voice in your head. It is lying. You are awesome. Looking forward to many more episodes. Thanks, Rapid Ratsy. Thank you. She says, P.S. Also, when looking for positive things, I always congratulate myself on the little victories. Example, today I put on pants. Suck it, life. Hell yeah. And that is a really big part of giving yourself credit. Yeah. You know, there are definitely days, especially if you suffer from depression, that getting out of bed is something that you can congratulate yourself on. Yeah. And 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 that and it's not, you know, catering to yourself, but it is. There are some days when it is hard to get out of bed and to deal with the day or to just check your email and to write back to people that you need, you know, get your work done and things like that. And I think that you should congratulate yourself on those things. Or washing the dishes, hell, you know, like things done that you don't have to get done. Washing the dishes is a big one. I think it is. That when you're depressed, washing the dishes is a big deal. Because right. you want to wallow in Oh, it. yeah. You just kind of, like, I've actually sat next to a sink of rotting dishes and just stood right above it and just let the smell fucking waft over me because I deserve it. Because, because I just des- did it. Yeah, I did it and I deserve to smell and I deserve to sit there in that fucking stink. Uh, but I'm not going to do the dishes. 
because that would be too much. It would be too much of an effort, but some days, man, you fucking, you just got to take out the dishes, you organize how you're going to clean them, and then you just fucking start working away. Yeah. And good for you on that day. Yeah. Good for you on the day that you do the dishes when you're fucking in the depths of bullshit. Or things like washing all your towels when you're feeling really shitty about your life. I feel like there's something about washing your towels that I'm like... I am taking care of things that don't have to be taken care of. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, dish towels and things like that, where it's like, I know that sounds silly, but, you know, like your bath towel. If you can wash all of those things, you are taking care of something that is not the most pressing thing in your life, and you are chipping away at the things you need to get done with your day. That's a goddamn great point. I really like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Getting the things done that don't absolutely need to be done, but will make your life better anyway. Just little things. Little tiny things. All right. Hey, Jackie and Marcus. Mayra here. Mostly response letter. Somewhat of an update. I was inspired by Marcus's slump in the last episode to send you a link to a video that might inspire you. If I remember correctly, you both have said that you're a Neil Gaiman fan, so I don't know if you've already seen this, but here it is. Let's just let's watch it. Let's listen to it. I love it. Neil Gaiman. He's very attractive as well. Is he now? Mmm. <laughs> My question is for Neil Gaiman. I want to be a director, but I've been told that there's enough artists in the world and that's not something I should pursue. I mean, saying that we have enough artists is like saying we have enough scientists, we have enough designers, we have enough politicians. We have enough politicians. (laughs) But, fair to say, you know, nobody gets to be you except you. Nobody has your point of view except you. Nobody gets to bring to the world the things that you get to bring to the world, uniquely get to bring to the world, except you. So saying there are enough writers out there, enough directors out there, enough people with points of view, well, yeah, there are, but none of them are you. And none of, them are, none of those people is going to make the art that you will make. None of them will change people and change the world in the way that you could change it. So... If you believe somebody who says, no, no, we've got enough of those, um, then all it means is you're giving up your chance to change the world in the way that only you could change it. God damn it. (laughs) That was great. It was great. That was really great. <laughs> I can feel like my t- my eyes like welling up. I'm just like, you're right, Yogi. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You're right. And you know, you're why you always right. <laughs> Man, it's just some like sometimes you just need to hear that kind of thing. Yeah. You, you need to hear it. I actually had a very, really lovely conversation with Henry that of all the people that support me in my life, he's my number one fan, and I am his. Right. And sometimes when he says that kind of shit to me where he just believes in me so much <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that like you, you are the only you. You're the only one that can do that. And you just need to hear it sometimes from someone you respect or just anyone. You need to hear those things to get through the hard times. Yeah. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's absolutely true. You know, we all need to hear that sometimes. I mean, it's not, and it, it, it's good that it's like, I, I don't think, it's like he was able to say like that you have, instead of saying like, you know, you're all special or anything, nothing like that. It's like, we all have a special point of view. 
we all have our own special way of looking at the world, uh, which I think is important to have in this world. I think it's important for there to be as many different uh, voices out there as possible to try to make sense of what this entire huge gigantic thing is, is that if all of us try to uh, give our own perspective on it, then maybe be a little bit better about figuring out what the fuck it is. And also, like, there's no reason in, you know, taking someone else's art and trying to see, you know, I feel that, like, the more people that I feel like it comes out more and more often of people that are trying to do exactly what someone else does and trying to completely replicate it or stealing jokes or stealing scripts or stealing things from other people where it's like, that's not you. Yeah. And if that's you, then... We don't need you. We already have another person that does it well and does it from their own perspective and does it from their own life's work. And so you just got to go out there and whether you're worried about if people are going to like it or not, it doesn't matter. You have to do it and you just have to give that gift to the world. It's like darling love. (laughs) You got to do it. You have to. And uh, our letter continues. Fun fact, that's me asking the question. I don't mind if you mention that. I'm really happy my question sparked such a great inspirational answer and that I'm not alone in my artist lament. In the year and almost four months since that forum, I met two people who have offered to let me assistant direct theater productions with them in the coming year because I didn't give up and I talked to people who had done it before and were willing to help me get started. I'm so glad I didn't give up and I don't plan to anytime soon. I think doing what you love is very important in life even if it's tedious or even annoying at times you will eventually get back to why you love doing it in the first place i love you mara you're amazing <laughs> you're great and thank you for asking that question and thank you for sharing that amazing amazing clip from yeah. neil gaiman thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop crying now. I know. I sh- probably should have made sure that you watched that video before <laughs> we started recording. I am an emotional person, Marcus. <laughs> I know you, you are. You know that. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. I know. Anything can make me cry, all right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here is a, we got a question today. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a long one, but there's a lot here. So uh, yeah, we're just we're gonna go through it. it. Says hello, Marcus and Jackie. Where are we calling this dude? Mm, Raul. <laughs> Raul. Raul. I've been into Spanish names lately. <laughs> you know, you just thank God I didn't say Tyrion because that's what I <laughs> first wanted to say. Tyrion. Tyrion. Well, that's more Italian. Yeah, I'm fine with that. (laughs) Romance languages, you know? They're all the same. Hello, Marcus and Jackie. My name is... Mm. Oh, I love it. Or how about Rapito the Parrot? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 scratch that. Um... Um, wizard. <laughs> about wizard. Wizard, yeah, 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 yeah. I like wizard. <laughs> My name is Wizard. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Cave Comedy Radio. I got introduced to your podcast because after listening to the last podcast on the left, I searched through the other CCR podcasts, and well, how could I not try out one that had sex in the title? Yeah. Yeah. 
To my surprise, instead of sex talk, the first podcast I heard was the one after Christmas where Jackie talked about her anger problem. To listen to you guys speak so candidly about your mental health issues and how you have dealt and are currently dealing with it really gave me a wake-up call. To give you a quick background of me, I'm about to be 29. I'm a gay guy living in L.A. My entire life, I've dealt with depression and anxiety. I have the whole smorgasbord. Divorced parents, absentee father, mother with untreated mental health issues, and addiction to prescription medications. I was bullied in school till I moved to the States. I'm originally from Puerto Rico, and I was in massive denial of my sexuality till four years ago. I've always refused medication and therapy for my issues because even though I work in healthcare, I thought it would be weak of me and another failure in my part to get on medication. But listening to you guys talk, listening to people around my age speak so candidly and openly about it, it made me realize my self-imposed shame was stupid. So the following day after listening to you guys, I made an appointment with a psychiatrist and have been receiving treatment for my depression. It's been four months and I can tell a huge difference. My feelings are now situation appropriate. I no longer stay in bed and wallow and slowly but surely my life is getting better. So for that, I wanted to thank you guys. If I hadn't heard y'all, I don't know how long I would have stayed without treatment. Dude. I'm just so happy to hear this. That's amazing. And you know what? I also need to hear this as well. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, it, it, it is a, it's a hard thing to do, it, especially if you've gone through it in the past and, you know, you've had, I've had so many ups and downs and it, it's, it's a scary venture, but it is one, you know, like Marcus always says, it, it is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. And and we're proud of you for doing that. You have to because it makes your everyday life better. So much better. And makes it easier. To, especially, I, I thought that that's what struck me so hard is that your emotions were situationally appropriate. That hit me too. Which is something that if you struggle with, there's a lot of different mental illnesses that struggle with that where it's just like, why am I feeling this way? There's no reason to feel the way that I'm feeling. Mm. Uh, unless there's something that you just can't control. Yeah, uh, yeah situationally appropriate is, uh, I think, something that all of us struggle with. And I think uh, I think a lot of people struggle with, not just people with mental illnesses. You're right, you're right. But I think people with mental illnesses uh, definitely struggle with that a hell of a lot more than, uh, than regular people do. So it's great that you recognize that that was a problem and you got help. And congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Fucking congratulations on uh, on starting the road, man. It's fucking great. All right. So now to the question. It says, now that I've given you guys all this info, I actually have a question. I need advice for my long-distance relationship. In November of 2012, I happened to randomly follow a guy on Instagram. We developed a platonic messaging relationship. He's a gorgeous guy, so me with my self-esteem issues immediately friend-zoned him. Plus, he lives in the Bronx, and I'm in L.A. But after several months of texting, we video chatted and started developing feelings for each other. Last May, he flew to L.A., and within three minutes of seeing each other, we both leaned in for a kiss, and it was love from there on. We knew we were going to face challenges with a distance, but we still wanted to give it a shot. Now, this guy is seriously everything I could ever ask for. He treats me amazingly and loves me no matter what my flaws or issues have been. He's even been extremely supportive of me getting treatment for my depression and was amazing in the way he treated me during my bad days. So here's the issue. I'm a very emotionally needy person. The distance gap won't be getting closed anytime soon. With his job and training he's receiving, he won't be moving to L.A. He wants, me, he wants to come out here, not me to NYC, till late this year or next. 
I knew this and I accepted it, but I find myself getting angry and frustrated. I work in a hospital in downtown LA and I see some horrible and extremely stressful things. And sometimes I just want to go home, go. And sometimes I just want to get home and get a hug. Sometimes I just, I want someone to next to me on my bad days. We do our best. He gets on FaceTime and he texts me constantly, but I still find my emotional needs uh, are not being met. That physical connection that ties it together makes it hard for me to deal. Now, I don't want to end this relationship by any means, but I just don't know how to deal with this. We only see each other every three months and only for four to five days. Sorry for the long email. Thank you for doing what you do. You guys have already helped me immensely, and any advice is greatly appreciated. Hail Satan, wizard. (laughs) You were waiting for that, weren't you? (laughs) Especially because I knew the email ended with a Hail Satan, and I just thought it paired so well together. Hail Satan, wizard. Wizard! I am the wizard. I say Hail Satan. This is definitely a hard situation that you found yourself in. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're definitely doing everything that you need to be doing with the texting, and it sounds like he's great with it as well. I find that also when you say that you don't want to break up with him, which is completely understandable, especially someone that deals well on your bad days, because that is something that I found that in the relationship that I'm in, one of the main reasons of why when we got back together was that I knew that he was very good at dealing with my shortcomings and especially with mental illness. He's very good at at dealing with me and knowing how to talk to me and knowing how to work through it rather than getting angry or upset. And that is a huge thing to find in a partner, especially when you're dealing with things, especially you just started on this road and you need that kind of support. So that is amazing that you found someone that can do that. The one concern though is that has he ever been with you on those bad days? I feel that it is easier to deal with that stuff over FaceTime and over phone than actually seeing someone in their lows. And I feel that that is a big part of being in a relationship is when you're around each other all the time, you see that side for real. Yeah, You see all of that side. And as much as he seems like the dream guy, you really don't know if he is the one until you're around him 24-7. Yeah. For a while. That is a, a, a damn good point. And not that uh, I don't want to rain on your prey because it sounds like you're fucking getting your shit together. And I'm really fucking proud of you because that is a hard fucking thing to do. But he doesn't want you to come to New York. Is there a reason why he doesn't want you to come to New York? I think he just doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It sounds to me like he may just want to move to L.A. Right. That he doesn't want, I mean, shit, maybe he lives in the South Bronx. I mean, he does live in the Bronx. Yeah. So, which is also understandable. Yeah, yeah. if he lives in the Bronx, then maybe, I don't know, maybe he lives in a shitty neighborhood. Maybe he's not proud of um, of where he lives. Uh, and, you know, maybe he's been looking to get out of New York City anyway. Uh, so, you know, it is possible that there's some other shit coming uh, or going down that he doesn't want you to come here for. Uh, but maybe, shit, maybe you should come and see if uh, you can come visit him here. Uh, here in New York City, kind of get to see what he's like in his home environment. Um, but I think, I mean, I, th- I think what uh, you know, what the question is mostly about is just his emotional neediness. Right? How does he get over that? Uh, and I think that that in itself is more important to deal with than 
dealing with this relationship. Because uh, the relationship, of course, is fucking great. But if you don't figure out this emotional neediness thing, then it's just going to be a problem in your next relationship. Definitely. And the one after that. And the one after that. Because emotionally needy relationships, they're exhausting. They are. And it's and, and it's they usually don't And they person. don't last. Unless the other person is just as emotionally needy as you are. But the problem is that it's hard to keep your sense of self and to keep your, your goals and your future in check when you are 1,000% relying on needing someone else. Yeah. Which is... Which is also understandable from where you come from and what you're dealing with. Of course, you want someone there when you get home at night. It is understandable. That is a natural human need. But you just got to start getting more comfortable with who you are now that you're changing. And especially when you're going through such a big change in your life, you feel like you're not at home in your own skin. And it's actually, I think, really great that you're not with him right now that you need at least a year to get to know you again yeah and to get more comfortable in your own skin and to deal with you and it's wonderful that you have him and you will talk to him and you guys see each other and maybe try and up how much you see each other if you are if that's possible at all but i would say marcus is completely right dealing with your own emotions and your own sense of self is huge yeah And especially you didn't come out for a long time. I mean, I feel that like your sense of self is skewed because you weren't able to be who you wanted to be for such a long time. Yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of people who have to stay in the closet for a long time do have uh, a disadvantage there as far as not being able to live. As they should live for and as they want a very to live. long time. And right. Yeah, as they want to live and as they should. I mean, this guy, you know, he was in denial of his, se- of his, in his sexuality until he was 25. Which is a long time. A long fucking time. And yes, that's now going it's been some, four years, but... But still, you go through a lot of formative years not being who you should be. You know, showing, like, hiding not only to uh, everyone around you, but hiding from yourself as to who you actually are. And dealing with depression on top of that is got to be fucking horrible. Um, but you're dealing with it now and you're dealing with that emotional neediness and you're aware of it, which is fucking great. That's always the first step is knowing that you're aware that you're like this. Uh, and it's something that you should be aware of, but it's not something that you should, there are certain things about ourselves that we should accept. You know, there are certain personality things that we have that we should just accept about ourselves. Emotional neediness is not one of those things. It's not something that is a personality quirk. It's not something that you should just, where, you know, well, whoever's going to be with me is going to have to deal with this. This is just who I am. It's like, no, that's not, that's not <clears throat> who you are. It's something that's keeping you from being who you should be. Uh, and it's keeping you from being an actualized person uh, and from being who you want to be. Uh, because, and not just who you are in yourself, but who you are in a relationship. Because it's very hard to take care of someone else when you don't know how to take care of yourself. When you need to be there for that other person, uh, if you're up your own ass, uh, then you're just not going to be there for them. There's just no, when you refer to yourself as emotionally needy, there's no ability for the give and take that is needed for a long-term relationship. Yeah, You, You need to be able to give as much as you take. And I think that this is, you said that it's a possibility that you guys will be in the same state the next year, year and a half. 
I'd say use that time to really get to know yourself. And the relationship is not the problem. The more that you get to know yourself, the easier that this will become, mm-hmm. especially if there is an end date in the future. If you guys are talking about this and this is something in the future that you will plan on doing, that you will be able to have more of a grasp on who you are and what you want out of the world by the time you guys are together. And you have a very hard job, which is also completely understandable in yeah. in that that you think that you need someone else. But also remember how strong you are for the fact that you came out at 25. It took you that fucking long and you fucking did it. You're being yourself. You're taking care of your mental health issues. You're doing all those things for you. And now you just got to rebuild. You just have to know who's inside of you and get comfortable with it. And you're on that path and you're doing an amazing fucking job. And now you just have to settle. You just have to, you know, I feel that exactly what Mark is saying, but the formative years of what, you know, who you are and what you want and all those things, everything was fucking shaken up. You had the rug pulled out from under you, pretty much. And now you need to find out who you are. And I think that you're on a great path, and I think that you can fucking do it, and I think that you should use this time. You know, start trying other hobbies. Start doing other things. And I'm sure you're fucking tired as hell when you get get home from work but just think of other things of working on the house yeah and doing things for you solely think of something that you've always wanted to do that you're able to do and do it take more trips by yourself yeah you know maybe go to the beach for a week by yourself yeah go to san francisco or something yeah and just get out of dodge not saying that because you're gay i'm just saying san francisco's nice it's a wonderful place (laughs) also you get a great workout because there's a lot of hills (laughs) (laughs) but i just think that you know just spend some more you time and take care of yourself and in time you guys will find when it is right you guys will be together and the more you get to know yourself the more he's going to fall in love with you because that is a big part of falling in love with someone is you love someone that knows who they are. Mm. And when you realize that someone doesn't know who they are or what they want from life, it's hard to give yourself wholeheartedly. Yeah, it is. You know, and and that is part of being in a fucking grown up relationship. And it's hard to do as everything is. But I think that you can fucking do it. I think that you are so strong and you're already doing so much for yourself. Yeah, man. And I'm really fucking proud of you, wizard. (laughs) Wizard, you got your shit together. Wizard. You got your shit together a lot better than a lot of people do. You got your shit together a lot better than you did a year year ago, two years ago. Uh, Just look back in your life and see how much better it is now than it was and take strength from that. All right. We believe in you. We believe in you. Let us know how it goes, man. Uh, and uh, anybody else out there who has any questions or comments for us, uh, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com is the email address if you want to respond to anything we've said today or if you've got a question for us uh, or if you've got an update for us, anyone out there who uh, we've given advice to, let us know how it went. Uh, all right. And uh, so I guess that does it for uh, today's Sex and Other Human Activities. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.